Hello, lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again, back on our regular day, Thursdays here on the show. Uh, we have a fun one in store for everybody today. Our guest this week is uh, the new MLW World Heavyweight Champion, the captain of the Beaumaier Fight Club, uh, the suplex assassin, Alex Kane. is on the show uh, just uh, less than two weeks removed from his historic title win at Never Say Never in Philadelphia. Um, it's an outstanding match between him and Hammerstone there at the 2300 arena, um, outstanding result, really heartwarming and emotional moment, both, uh, the match as well as the post match and everything that's come since then, you know, everything from Kane surprising everybody during the scenic city invitational, uh, last weekend, uh, up to, uh, <laughs> just hearing more about his story. And we delve into more of his story here in, in my conversation with him today, um, and just all around a great time chatting with Alex, and, and I can't wait to share all of that with you. The second ever out LGBTQ male world champion in pro wrestling history, the first to do so with a nationally televised promotion uh, in MLW. So history-making man there that we're going to have a lot of fun talking to here in just a second. Before we get there, though... Um, Obviously, we had a bonus episode go up on Tuesday with uh, Michael uh, Bocchicchio from uh, WrestleCon and High Spots, and um, you know, I I think the the feedback to that conversation was um, amazing to see. Um, obviously, thank you to everyone who offered their support, both publicly and privately, online or otherwise. Um, it was amazing to see the level of support that was out there, and um, I I can. You know, I, I said I said this on uh, the Fightful Overbooked uh, Wednesday Weed Show with uh, Jeremy and Joel um, on Wednesday morning that um, I, I was not expecting to be as centered in that as I was. I was just doing my job as a journalist, as a reporter covering this and having that conversation with Michael. I'm glad that the change uh, happened and that the conversation was uh taken in by by Michael um and ultimately the right decision being made with with Rick Steiner being disinvited from the the August convention in Detroit you know with him not making a public statement in the time given by Michael and to see a, a code of conduct and anti-harassment policy be put in place not just at WrestleCon but at all of the major wrestling conferences you know uh, conferences, conventions, you know, Starcast and the Gathering and WrestleCade and stuff like that. I, I was not expecting to have my my name as centered in that conversation as it was, and uh, I would again say thank you to everyone who showed support out of all of that. Like ninety five percent support, and the other five percent can get fucked, as I said on Twitter. So, um, but yeah, no, I, it was a really. It was really heartwarming to see how that entire situation played out. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, like I I got emotional about it, you know. Like obviously, when doing my job, I try and be 
objective in reporting facts unless I'm writing a column or an opinion piece where there's a bit more of my own feelings and opinion and emotions that are put into it. Um, but, but yeah, that whole situation, like I, I think it was really emotional because um, of the change that happened and being centered in that. And it's not about me. This is about, you know, Rick making the decision that he did, Michael making the decision that he did, and just El Shaw being un, unduly centered in all of this because she, she did nothing wrong at all. Um, at all. And we continue to support her on this show. I know a multitude of people that listen to this show, as well as you know people that follow the show online, follow me online, follow, read my stuff at Outsports as well support Giselle in this whole situation. And I think that's that's what's gotten lost in, in this whole thing is that um the strength of Giselle. And I just wanted to take a second to kind of recenter that here as we move forward from this situation and um hopefully continue to see more change where it's needed and when it's needed within these various facets of the pro wrestling world. Yeah. Um well, yeah, I think that's a that's a good place to put it. Um, I can also take a moment and say that uh, myself and Hollis are getting prepped for the next episode of Required Reading, the bonus show available exclusively to Patreon subscribers over at patreon.com slash LGBTRingPod, the roster of lovelies, as I like to call them over there. Um, yeah, and, and I will be revealing the, the match and movie for this month, uh, I believe next week. On the show, crossing fingers. I know the match. Still got to wait and see what Hollis decides to throw my way. He, see if he's going to throw me a fastball or a curveball, or maybe even just an underhand slope, uh, underhand like softball pitch. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> you never know with Hollis. Anyway, uh, with all that being said, let's jump right into my conversation with Alex Kane. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring, and I'm very, very pleased to have as my guest this week the brand new Major League Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion. You know him from MLW. You know him from Action Wrestling. You know him from the Scenic City Invitational Paradigm Pro Wrestling. There's too many promotions to name at this point. The Suplex Assassin, the captain of Beaumaier Fight Club, one and only Alex Kane. How are you doing today, champ? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Still on a high from from uh, uh, making Hammerstone fade to black. So, <laughs> and business ain't business ain't never been better. So I'm good. Oh, I can understand that. I mean, I I can understand that good feeling once you have that title there. Like, <laughs> especially as we're recording, it's only been eleven days since you won it. Like, I'm, I'm assuming that that high does not go away very quickly at all. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't go high. <laughs> go go away very quickly. Even though I've never been a world champion before, I, I'm 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 glad. I hopefully this high doesn't go away for the next for at least for at least a few months. Uh huh. I saw you checking checking the goosebumps there yeah. a little bit. <laughs> No, well, that honestly, that feels like a good place to start with our conversation. Like, we'll get into some of like the, you know in the last four or five years since you've been in the ring, but let's start with MLW, right? Like, we're like I said before, we're eleven days removed from you defeating Hammerstone at Never Say Never, 
um, on fight, winning the championship, uh, becoming the uh, like the second uh, black world champion in the history of MLW, becoming mm-hmm. the the second out LGBTQ male world champion in all the pro wrestling history, becoming the first out LGBTQ male to win a world championship for a nationally televised wrestling promotion. Like so many milestones happened that night for you, but Mm -hmm. for you personally, like what were your feelings like leading into that match? And like, what were, what were you like, how, what was your state going into that night? Um, I was very emotional. Um, Like I called my dad uh, before, like early on in the day that day. Um, and I was kind of like thanking him for being uh, the dad that he was. Like he wasn't the greatest by any by any stretch of the imagination, but he did everything that he could um, to uh, to provide uh, for me and my brothers. Um, and I thank him for that every day. Um, and just kind of thinking about like the journey, the life journey that I've had to get to where I am right now. Um, I. I've went into I've went into detail on several podcasts and several people's TikToks and stuff like that. But basically I was born premature. I was like supposed to be born in December, ended up being born uh in October. Uh, me and my twin brother, fraternal twins. Um they, we both almost died. Uh essentially. We both almost mm. died. Um and like I was like two pounds nine ounces. Um, it was, it was a, my birth was a very, very stressful time for a lot of people and especially me. Um, and I didn't even know what stress was at that point. Um, but you know, I've had, I mean, even since then, I've had a lot of obstacles in my way and to overcome all of those obstacles to finally get here, um, you know, living my, living my dream of being a professional wrestler, but also living that dream of becoming a world champion, a recognized world champion um, is nuts. Uh, and yeah, so I was like, super, super emotional about that. And people kept joking with me, you know, uh, don't, uh, don't, don't get too ahead of yourself. Card's subject to change. And I was like, <laughs> man, even if the, even if, even if the card does change, like I'm still, I'm like, even being in the main event, um, being in the main event, never say never, is also an accomplishment. Being in that match is an accomplishment. So, now I'm yeah. I'm sure you have a lot. Sorry, I mean to cut you off there. You good? Okay, cool. So obviously, like coming into MLW in uh, I believe it was 2021, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. yeah. Coming into MLW in 2021, like obviously, like you have there's there's a sense of confidence within yourself, and I think you know the old adage is that like you know if you're not in the business to be the world champion or whatever then get out i don't necessarily prescribe to that i feel like there's a lot of ways to succeed in pro wrestling but at the same time like you know whenever you have that opportunity present to you like that's a huge thing when you came into mlw um did you have like world championship aspirations and did you ever think that it would happen this quickly I have world championship aspirations, um, but I didn't. I I really didn't think it was gonna come this quickly. I hadn't, I thought it was gonna be, I thought I thought it was gonna be a minute um, before that. Um, so, but I mean that 
kind of goes back to even like getting to MLW. I didn't think that I would be signed to a major company as quickly as I got signed to a major company. Um, but yeah, as quickly as this happened, like I was just kind of taking everything uh, as it as it came. Um, I was always asking questions, um, and you know they kept like giving me uh, opportunities, and I was just like, well, I can either. I can either take these opportunities for granted or I can take these opportunities and I can deliver or try to deliver as best as I can every single time. Um, and I think having that mindset is what got me here as so quickly. I could definitely understand that, you know, especially with how much you've, you've spoken about like your relationship with court there mm -hmm. at, at the company and how supportive and, and how much he's like really back to you and seen something in you, obviously to, elevate you to the position that you're that you're in now like what what do you attribute that that relationship that you have with court to like how, how did that develop um like uh after they announced uh after they announced me he was like oh yeah i didn't want to add didn't want to add or anything like that or whatever because i didn't want fans to you know jump to any conclusions um but court has always been really really open um he's he's he never sugarcoats anything he's never on some bullshit um which i he's always extremely transparent with everything going on um and i think just like over time of just us getting to know each other um which is not something i ever thought was going to happen i i didn't think that i was going to like um build this kind of relationship with you know my boss um but we've kind of gotten here um and then like he's always he's always allowed me to just be myself. He's never tried to like, he's, he never, he did, he brought me in, but like, he didn't like, um, he didn't try to like change like anything drastic about me. He just added to me. He just kind of honed like different skills and stuff and brought certain things out of me. Um, but he's never tried to be like, Oh, you got to act like this. You got to be like this or anything like that. He's just allowed me to be myself. Um, and that's one thing that I really do. Um, appreciate about him um, yeah do you feel like that freedom has kind of allowed you to, to thrive and explore like new asset aspects of your character because like I'm familiar with the suplex assassin that I saw in like paradigm and in action back mm -hmm. like starting in like 2019-2020 and then coming up until this this new MLW era like there's been a definite development there's been a definite definite change yeah. in Alex Kane over that time mm -hmm. yeah I think it's I th MLW has allowed me to like explore like outside of just being a wrestler. Um, it's like, I, I still, I always say at tell court now, like, like, even though like I've noticed a change in my character, I've noticed a change in just like myself as a performer, I still can't tell you like exactly what that change was or how to describe it in words. Like, but I, I notice a change and the people watching me notice, notice the change. Yeah, I mean, I know from from my own perspective, I think the the place that I've noticed the most change is one in like promos, just mm -hmm. like confidence on the mic, finding like that sense of character that can imbue that confidence, especially mm -hmm. now with the Bomi Fight Club, um, and then also just like I think just a general sense of of confidence overall, like not that you ever presented as like non confident yeah. in the ring, but it's just like a different level of that and mm -hmm. at the same time like us watching the the screens watching the matches 
like we don't necessarily know like what like your own personal sense of confidence in yourself is in those moments either like is that something that you've that you've really noticed over over this time span as well buff up um yeah yeah definitely like when i was when i was in like high school and stuff like i was I was super confident. Sometimes a little overconfident sometimes. <laughs> um, and uh, I think I can attribute my confidence kind of falling to a bad breakup. Um, and then like since then to like when I started wrestling, like there was always like that um, uh, like unsureness of myself. Um, and like when I came to MLW and they were – they were like giving me like speaking roles and they were giving me, they were like, like I had never really like cut promos like that. Like I would cut promos here and there for certain matches, but like nothing ever like as in depth as like the pre-taping stuff are. Um, and like, that was, a, that was a learning experience. That was a learning curve um, that they tell me all the time that I caught on pretty quickly. Um, but it was just like trying to like find, find my voice and also understand that like I don't have to sound like anybody else I don't have to do anything like anybody else has done anything in the past I just got to be myself and I just got to be as relatable as possible um when I figure I think it was like the first episode they aired on reels when I said ho on tv and I thought that they were going to bleep that out once they didn't bleep that out I was like I'm talking all the shit just like I would if I was out in the streets with my friends. Like I, that's what I'm, that's, that's about to be me. Like I'm about to just talk my shit and that's going to be it. Once that happened, I can, I can just, I can say whatever the fuck, what I want to say, however I need to get this point across. Oh mm. yeah. We're, we're good. We're money. We're about to have fun with this. <laughs> so now I'm just having fun. Um, calling people hoes and shit. That's my favorite thing to do now. What's more fun, calling people hoes or throwing cheesesteaks in people's faces? Calling people hoes, most definitely. Okay. Okay. Because like, every, I feel like, like I'm pro sex work, and most people know that. But like, it's to call people hoes. Like, it's the fact that it's understood. It's like nobody's like, oh, he's he's talking bad, he's talking down to you know uh, sex workers or anything like that. He's not saying anything crazy. Like he, he's basically saying like, "Oh, you, you bitch made," and but I'm gonna say it in this way, um, you know, and like everybody understands. Everybody's everybody's with it. Yeah, that's that's the best thing. No, I I will say like it it pops me a lot whenever, <laughs> especially with the le the 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 most recent like Big Apple grapple, like the search for more more hope. Search like, for more hope. Dog, the, if, when I first saw that, I was like, I really hope this don't come off in a, in, in a different way. But again, everybody understood the assignment. <laughs> it's always good whenever people are on the same page, just like yeah. like that, right? Yeah, so you don't have to explain it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No. Well, um, let's go back to like the, the night of, of the title win real quick. Uh, because obviously, like, Outstanding main event match with Hammerstone. You choke him out, and then you're the champion. One thing that really stuck out to me afterwards, like obviously your promo in the ring after that, mm -hmm. like that felt like a very like personal, heartfelt moment for you. But then mm -hmm. also the like very quick interview that that you did with uh, I believe Muscleman Malcolm 
afterwards yeah. where like you know you you spoke at the top a bit about you know being born premature and like all these like obstacles and health difficulties that that you went through and like in that interview like it with with Malcolm specifically like you touched on like so many things that that really like I think cut to the the core of both you and a lot of what all, a lot of other people mm-hmm. feel on the regular in that like pro wrestling literally saved your life yeah um knowing like that experience for you and like how like that you know kept you from from taking your own life in that way like what did that add to that moment for you um to be kind of kind of on like the build-up of um even like before battle riot like we like getting here like i told court that i wanted i wanted more chances to kind of like tell like my real life story um which is alex kane's story there's not much there's not much deviation between him and i uh real life me and him um but i wanted i i wanted more chances to like really like show like a little more chance to tell my story in a way where like like i could just get it all out there um because i know there's other people that have had similar experiences um and like similar similar trials and tribulations, um, and for me to be able to get 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 that out there was probably the most important. Um, and to be able to do that with Muscle Man Malcolm, also one, I was just excited to be on his damn TikTok. Uh, <laughs> but like to be able to kind of like just like get that out there because some even you can even kind of tell right now I ramble a little bit. I ramble a little bit, but um, don't we all? Yeah, we really do. But like when I as I just got to talking, I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real here for a second. Like I'm not gonna be about to give y'all some some like media trained bull crap. Like I'm gonna be real with y'all like I am all the time. Um so to be able for people to be able to hear that and experience that moment with me meant the world to me because I've gotten several messages from people uh, about that interview uh, itself. What does it mean to you whenever people like reach out to you, like specifically about that comment? Um, It's uh, like, even though it's like, like self-harm and stuff like that is is sad um, with it itself, but for people to feel comfortable enough to reach out to me about about their own struggles um is it's heartwarming in a way because like um a lot of i guess in wrestling like you don't have you don't always have access to your favorite wrestler or you know somebody that you watch on television um and i've been told several times that i shouldn't be as accessible as i am um but like like the whole boom I is for the people is not just some fun little catchphrase or some fun little tagline. Like I mean it. Like um I want I want people to have that same the experience that I wish I had growing up as a kid where I could reach out to my favorite wrestler or somebody that I watched on television um and you know talk to them about whatever. Um or like find that we have like a lot of common similarities and stuff like that. Um, so that's what I, that's personally what I would like to be um, and how I would like to treat, you know, the people who support, who have supported me and the people that continue to support me. Hmm. 
No, I can I can completely understand that, especially seeing how that like that that ma that mantra of Bomaye is for the people has really developed and organically been accepted and reflected by the MLW audience and and honestly the greater like wrestling audience mm -hmm. too. Like because it's interesting because like Bomaye whenever whenever Bomaye Fight Club started in MLW, like yeah. you were still like you were like healing as heel can yeah. in that company. Yeah. <laughs> like you were still in, you were still in the opera cup. You were calling Davey Richards a hoe. Like, <laughs> like all this stuff was going on. And then like over like the course of a year or so, mm -hmm. like you started to see crowds change and be more like vocally accepting of it. You had to, the call and response yeah. with, with Bomeas for the people. And you mentioned it in the post-match promo, how like all of this developed organically and the fan support developed organically mm -hmm. for you within MLW. Um, when did you start to notice that this was kind of turning that corner for you? And when did it become sort of like a real thing? Like, oh no, like I'm engaged with these people with this. Mm -hmm. Um, I started to kind of notice it in a very small way when and the match that I lost the natural openweight title to Davey Richards. Um, like, I before we were about to lock up, he was like, I guess you're the baby face tonight. Oh, whatever, because <laughs> of the way, the way the crowd was. Um, and then, like, the first time I was like, we really, really got something here was uh, the match, the first match with Davey, with Davey Boy Smith Jr. Um, not the no ropes match. The no ropes match was... That that crowd was crazy. That was nuts. Like, <laughs> the music, the music didn't the music didn't hit when it was supposed to hit or whatever. But they we we just went ahead and went out on stage anyway, and uh. they were just going nuts. Um, <laughs> that's when I knew, okay, bam, we got it. But like um, when when the that first match that me and him had, um, that's when I I knew initially, okay. We got something here with this Buma is for the people. Cause like that, I like I think after one taping, Court, we me and Court were talking or whatever, and he had said Buma is for the people. I had never thought about it before then or whatever. He said Buma is for the people. And I was like, I'm gonna take that and we go put it on Twitter and see what happens. <laughs> um you know, people started interacting with it, and like people were still booing me at shows and stuff like that, but like slowly but surely like different sections of the crowd would chant Bumaye or whatever. And like it slowly it slowly grew into everybody chanting Bumaye. Or at least it sounds like everybody. It's the majority of people chanting Bumaye. Um and like what's cool now is I ain't even gotta say it. I ain't even gotta say it. I ain't even gotta <laughs> say it. They just chanting it. Um and then they'll chill out and then they'll come back to chanting it again. It's 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 really really cool. No, I can I can definitely imagine like ha that being having that level of like fan response and fan acceptance. Right, it feels like I'm thing. the rock in like the attitude. Yeah, era. yeah exactly. Like. <laughs> That's wild. Like it's just been really amazing to to watch that that growth over time, and it's it's interesting how like that sort of speaks to the name itself, right? Because like mm -hmm. Bomaye for like most wrestling fans, they know it as like. That was Shinsuke Nakamura, the, the knee mm -hmm. strike in, whenever he was in New Japan, right? Yeah. But so much about that, about that word, ties back to like Rumble in the Jungle, Muhammad Ali. Yeah. In the Congo, and like you know, 
the the Lingala term that was being shouted by the fans there in support of Ali, which mm-hmm. I, I love the translation of of Bomaye, by the way, like just <laughs> that it just means kill him. Yeah. <laughs> Finish him, kill him. Yeah. Very aggressive. Very, very aggressive. Like how how did how did the name come about? Like was there was it a the, an Ali connection there? Oh yeah, definitely an Ali connection. Um uh early early on in the in my MLW time and it hasn't been that long, it's only been two years, but like in that first year uh after the whole uh American top thing top team thing kind of fell through. Um Court gave me homework and he was like, I want you to watch this documentary. And first, couldn't find the documentary or whatever. I had to end up buying it. I was very sad that I had to buy it. But it is what it was, what it was. Um, but uh I watched all four parts of it um to kind of get like a better feel uh for Muhammad Ali. Um and I learned some things that I didn't even know initially, like learning stuff in school. Um and it was kind of like the rise kind it was really the rise and fall of his life and his career. And I had like I had thrown out like several other names for like a fight team. It was like think of something or whatever that you know that isn't too gimmicky or whatever, but that can be chanted. Um, and doc, I had nothing. He had nothing. And then we started thinking like, I don't watch this help my Muhammad Ali documentary or whatever. Like, what's something in here? And then I was like, Bumaye, and he was like, Bumaye. And I was like, Bumaye. He was like, Bumaye. Um, <laughs> Bumaye Fight Club. And then we, we settled on that. And then we started like working on the logos and stuff like that. Um, but he was, but he did, he said, he said then when it, when, when we brainstormed, put it together, like, um, just imagine one day crowds are going to be chanting Bumaye. And like, uh, like I would always try to like stay in the ring or whatever. Like when it when it first kicked out, when it first introduced or whatever, and people would just be like, "What the fuck is this guy saying? Like, what is he doing?" Uh, and I'd be like, "Damn, we didn't work this time." Um, but just like it's one of those things like in wrestling, like you just got to keep throwing it at the wall until it sticks, and it event either it eventually sticks or it doesn't. But you'll never know unless you throw it. Um, so I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. And now we're here and the champ blew my head without without me even saying anything. It it is interesting, like watching like never say never and the crowd response there and and all of the Boma, the Bomaye chants, and then going back and watching like the segment on MLW's YouTube channel of like the introduction of the of of Bomaye Fight Club, mm-hmm. and seeing that like from from the beginning like that that like just the the repetition of it and getting louder and louder like that's always been there since like day one and like you said it is about throwing it out there and having people like ingest it and learn to respond to it and get behind it in that way like that it's 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 interesting to see that really like from the beginning of of this group like nothing from like the like the ethos of it really or the idea of it has changed obviously like members have come and gone but the idea of Bomaye of Bomaye Flight Club hasn't changed at all in that time span. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, like my biggest thing for it is how can I? Ah, let me just say it. Um, my biggest thing was how can I get as many black faces on television as I possibly can. Yeah, um, and that's been. 
Like the mission is submission, sure, but the mission truly is operation, get as many black folks on TV as possible. Um, and like, it's definitely, it's still, it's exposure. Like they may not be wrestling matches all the time or, you know, they may not get like a prominent role, but to just, to be able to provide that kind, to provide that opportunity um, and like um, all the people that are that are in the entourage and the entourage changes like from sh from show to show uh depending on who can be there um but like i'm genuinely cool with all of them uh yeah. so it's like like especially the world title match like to be able to go out there bring people up with me um and like truly celebrate this championship win with friends like not not acquaintances like friends um family even like that that was the dopest part of that's been the dopest part of all of this for me um to to be able to kind of like provide that avenue for people because like um bougie uh he had came he, he had come through and done the entourage like a few times um and i was able to like have a, a boom my tryout match which hasn't aired yet but <laughs> it is what it is. We know that it happened because it was on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but like that's cool to me. Like um having O'Shea Edwards in the Boomay Fight Club. Like never would have imagined a day that I'd be able to team with O'Shea Edwards or whatever. On TV. Um and O'Shea's like o O'Shea reminds me so much of my twin brother. It's insane. And like I've told O'Shea on several occasions that we are essentially the same person. Um, and we really are. He's, I just have hair. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can see it. I can definitely see it. I'm glad you brought up the entourage though, because I think that is another key aspect of the presentation of it. Mm -hmm. And you're right. It is like, I think it's, it's one of those things. It's not like over, it's not like super like overstated, but it uh -huh. is a mission of seeing more and more black faces on MLW programming, right? Yes, and there have been is everything. Exactly. And there's been so many outstanding talents that have been part of that entourage as well. Like I mean, you had Suge D in there at one point. Mm -hmm. I think I saw like legit like Perfect Perkins in there, yep. Joseph Alexander. Mm -hmm. And then you get into like the LGBTQ names that are in there too, like you know, Jordan Blade. We talked mm -hmm. about O'Shea. Um, you know, and of course I, I can't forget Eel O'Neill in there as yeah. well, and like just and, th and that's just a short list of some of the people that have been mm -hmm. in, involved in this. Um, like, how important is it to you to kind of have those people there beside you? Not just because like you want to get black faces on MLW TV, mm -hmm. and you want to keep continuing like to help elevate black wrestlers within, uh, like with your position there. But also, like you said, like these are friends; these are close people to you. Like, what's the significance personally for you? Um, man, I, the more like the more and more I think about it, is like it kind of provides almost kind of like a story arc for all of them. Um, if, in time, if I'm able to get them like a match, or I'm able to get them, you know, some kind of opportunity, some some something in the ring, something. Or whatever it's like like when you, i guess when you go back and look at like the footage and something like okay i like this person started here or whatever and then like as time went on they got plucked out and now they're now they have a match or now they have some kind of angle or whatever so like um 
I, I think it, to, I guess to put it in like the shortest amount of words, it's just like providing opportunity is that that's that's that that's that's at the core of it for me is just providing opportunity. Um, because like uh, I remember I was talking to a uh, DM uh, as a, I can't even say the man's last name. I just know him as DM. Um, <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. He had, we were talking um, at the last taping and he was like, the craziest thing about this is that you could have gotten in this position and you could have just pulled up the ladder. Like everybody else, does. everybody gets in a high position and they pull up the ladder. Um, and the fact that you're here and the ladder's still down and your hand's still out or whatever, trying to bring people up. Um, I think that, that's one of the most magical things. And also he told me that like black people really don't get over in Philly like that. So hmm. for me to get over in Philly, the way that I have is all on top of everything else is uh, also kind of magical. Cause it couldn't have been, he, he kept telling me it couldn't have been anybody else, but me in this position. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're like kind of like where we are um so yeah all of this shit is just dope as hell. all right y'all thank you so much for tuning in to lgbt in the ring we're just gonna take a quick break here to let you know uh ways that you can support the show and say thank you to some very rad people that help make this show uh, as amazing as it is. Um, first off, if you would like to support the show, we are on Patreon now. Patreon.com slash LGBT Ring Pod. Multiple tiers there for everyone that feels so moved to support this show. We've got numerous people. Uh, Patron benefits over there, uh, including bonus shows that are going to be coming out on a monthly uh, roundtable of those sort of things. So uh, definitely go over and check us out uh, again, patreon.com slash LGBT ring pod. Every single dollar that is uh, pledged there to support the show is very, very humbling. And we thank you. We also have a, a merch store over on Brainbuster Tees. Go to brainbustertees.com and search LGBT in the ring. Uh, we got t-shirts, tank tops, all kinds of good stuff. And, you know, always looking at some new things as well. But uh, definitely check us out on Brainbuster Tees there as well. You can follow the show on social media as well. We're everywhere um, that we have accounts. We're at LGBT Ring Pod. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, co-host, <laughs> Mastodon, whatever, we're there. Uh, so follow the show there. You can follow me at WonderboyOTM on uh, Twitter and Instagram as well. We also want to give a huge thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme, uh, Formula 666, from the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, or you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp. Another great way to support the show uh, is over at independentwrestling.tv. Check out IWTV 
for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. You can use our code LGBT ring pod or visit uh, the URL tinyurl.com slash IWTV LGBT. And uh, whenever you, uh, as long as you use that code to open your account and keep that active, we get a kickback from IWTV. So your subscription to watch all the great wrestling that we talk about on this show uh, goes to support the show as well. Thumbs up there. Of course, if you want to read more of my pro wrestling writing, you can check out outsports.com. And if you are into video games, I also co-host a video game news uh, Twitch stream every Monday at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. It's called the Mr. Video Game Super Show. Um, I co-host that with uh, two dear friends and Twitch streamers, uh, Slacker Kite and Lady Merwin. Um, just run through the, the week's gaming news or we throw on a game and play and just have fun and be dumb. It's it's great. But uh, you can check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over at twitch.tv slash Entertainment. Sun like the star. With that said, let's get back to the show. Now, hearing, hearing you like say like what DM was telling you about like, you know, not pulling the ladder up and like, you know, being there for the greater community, the people that are around you and that you you came up with in that way, that kind of like hits like a a thing in my brain where like, you know, I I recently have interviewed, had AC Mack on the show and had Rico Mm -hmm. Gonzalez on the show, a fellow WWA4 graduates such as yourself. Um, And whenever I hear you say that, and having that like sense of responsibility in a way that immediately makes me like sits off an alarm in my head. It's like, Oh, that's an AR Fox guy. Yeah. Cause that feels so much like AR Fox's mindset from what I've gathered from like, you know, talking to Mac and talking to Rico mm-hmm. um, about like their experiences learning under, under Fox. Like, do yeah. you, is that, is that something that has been a kind of instilled in you since, since your time, like learning under Fox at a four? Yeah, like uh, like when he had the skulk, um, he when uh, I mean even before it was the skulk itself because the skulk was kind of created off of uh, like Liam and Adrian Alanis, like like going or traveling on the roads with him to evolve and just helping out. Um, he created an opportunity for them to you know be in his entourage, and from that being in their being in his entourage, they got opportunities to wrestle on evolve. Um, and he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to do that. He could have just, you know, went on about his business and just been like, okay, you guys come with me sometimes to travel. Maybe you lighten up the load, you lighten up some of the expenses and stuff like that. But no, like he, he, he fought for them to, you know, be on the show. Um, there was a time where, uh, Evolve came to Atlanta, um, and like he was advocating to like have like a, a WWE for like showcase match. Um, and again, he put up, uh, he put, I mean, the Skulk was already going to be in there. Um, but then there's a few other guys from the school that got to, you know, be featured in that match and, you know, like kind of have a showcase there. Um, so like Fox has always been about like bringing people up. Um, and that's one thing I, that's again, that's one thing that I, uh, I admire about him. No, I, I feel like in in speaking to so many people that have come out of of WWA four, like it, it feels like that's something that is like core to 
how he trains people down there. It's not just, you know, about like, you know, the responsibility of community and, you know, having opportunities, not just for yourself, but being able to provide them whenever you are in positions to do so. But also, like we spoke of earlier, like the freedom to explore and really kind of hone in on, you know, your own talents, your own ideas, your own character and that sort of thing. Like, take me take me back to when you started A4. All right. Well, what um, brings what brings you to A4 in, in the first place? Uh, so I had the I had a, it was the end of my sophomore year in college. Um, and I was kind of burnt out and I had been thinking about joining a wrestling school since I was like 18. I just, at the time I didn't have the money. Um, when I was in college, I was working, so I had, I had some money to spare. Um, and it was either Robert Gibson school or Air Fox school. Now at the time I didn't know who Air Fox was. Um, like I'd seen some, some Lucha underground stuff. Um, but like, I didn't know who he, I didn't know the legend of Aaron Fox at this point. Um, but I was looking through like the roster page and I saw Austin Theory and I was like, well, this dude looks like he's ready to be on television now or whatever. If they're producing dudes like this, then this is definitely where I need to be. Um, so I went to like a few uh, school shows um, and like really got like a, a feel for the atmosphere and a feel for like the show itself. And I think the second time that I went, there was a graduation match and everybody came out the locker room. They were all surrounding the ring. They were all hyping everything up. And I'm like, yo, this is awesome. Like I've never seen anything like this, but like, it also feels like, um, feels like my days of playing sports in high school and college. Um, so that, that, uh, that camaraderie, um, is really what drew me in. Um, so like the week after that, I went to, you know, at, like ask some questions and you know to sign up and stuff like that and I don't know if you've ever felt this before but like you see somebody that's you see somebody you don't necessarily know who they are but like you get the feeling that they're important um they, they got that like aura about them that's what mm -hmm. I felt when I first saw Fox in person he just looked like a million dollars um he came out he answered all of my questions you know about what training was going to be like you know uh like what I need to know, what I need to do, how do I, how do I need to prepare? Um, and like from day one, he would always, you know, take time. Like we would do the normal, the normal class with everybody else, but he would always take time aside um, to like get a feel for like what I, like, I guess like what my vision was for myself as a wrestler, like what style I wanted to wrestle, um, you know, who I was watching at the time. And then he would suggest people or he would suggest moves and stuff like that. So it was always like super, super hands-on. Um, and it was never, a, it was never a case of, Oh, you got to wrestle like me, or you got to wrestle like this certain style. He it was always like, you know, what's your background? Like, like what, like, who do you want to be um, in wrestling? Uh, and then he kind of just like kind of caters uh, your individual training um, to that so that really really helped um, but like I think like the hardest thing the hardest thing for me to grasp was bumping because um, that shit is unnatural as fuck and I remember <laughs> that. And then, like turning off sh turning off the 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 wrestler like the amateur the amateur collegiate wrestler in my brain and like learning to work with people those mm -hmm. are the two hardest things because I would eat people a lot 
especially like, during, like, <laughs> like we did chain wrestling drills. I just eat people a lot. Um, but uh, like I feel, I feel like, man. Apparently, I picked it up pretty quickly because like it was like six months into that I debuted um, against him. Um, but uh, training with Aaron Fox is. Like now that he's on TV, I feel like I think his schedule is like a little bit harder or whatever as far as like like really like being able to like train train people because it's either he's traveling or he's tired. Um, but like I mean, he's still in there. He's still like giving them as much as he possibly can. Um, but like when I was coming up, it was probably like the best the best time. Um, mm. yeah, it was probably the best time. <laughs> now, obviously, like that school has kind of a lineage of when it comes when it comes to LGBTQ performers, you know, with mm-hmm. Ashton Star, AC Mac, Danny Jordan, your yourself now being added to that that lineage. Mm-hmm. And and it's we've seen that kind of tr- translate into uh so so many out LGBTQ people that are training to be pro wrestlers there at this point that like Rico was joking with me, like we have too many gays at the A4 now, which is very, very funny. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, hilarious. So like at, at what point did, did you kind of recognize that there was that, that lineage to that, to the school and um like did that, did your own like LGBTQ identity, factor into like your relationship with the school or your relationship to wrestling once you found that out uh no not really um like the first this is the first time i've ever actually thought about that lineage i never thought about it before um and actually now it's really really cool to think about uh, but i never really mm-hmm. heard before today i never really thought about it um but i mean it's i think that's awesome in the sense of like people now from the outside can see okay this is this is a safe space to be to you know pursue my dreams of being a professional wrestler um because like again like like you said before like the wwa4 were a family it don't matter you know what walk of life you come from or anything like that like you will be respected um and like everybody is treated the same. Um, I don't know if that sounds weird or not, but like everybody's treated the same. Um, damn, that is that is a lot of fucking people. I mean, five is well, five included me. But five is a lot of fucking people. Yeah, I mean, you add Rico onto that. That's another six. Like Rico's been yeah. killing it too. Yeah. Like, and, and there's like and I'm, I'm sure there's that's... more that I'm missing there. There's probably more. Um, yeah. There's, um, Fuck, I can't remember names right now. So <laughs> so I'm not putting bad. you on the spot or anything. <laughs> that is so bad. They uh, exactly, exactly. And and I think it's really interesting that like, you know, we, at the top of the show, we talked a little bit about like you being, you know, the second out LGBTQ male world mm-hmm. champion in all of pro wrestling history. You know, like yeah, that's you and AC Mack. Those, you're the two. Yeah. Right. You both came out of WWA four. You mm-hmm. both call Atlanta home. Yep. Y'all both represent Atlanta whenever y'all travel the country. Yep. Like, and having my own like close ties to Atlanta, like being like born and raised in Georgia and like living in Atlanta for like oh like over a decade before I moved out to the West Coast where I'm at now. Like, mm-hmm. 
I know I take an immense sense of pride in that. And I am completely separated from this. Like I'm not in the ring. I'm not at going to WWE four. Like I'm not like, you know, in the thick and thin of it. I'm just, you know, I'm a journalist, but I'm also a fan watching from mm-hmm. afar. Like for, for you to have like you and Mac having all these connections to see all of these things kind of come back to Atlanta, come back to WWE four, a school ran by, by black people, mm-hmm. a, a city that is like, you know, kind of known as like the the blackest city in the country and the, known for like a, being it's essentially a black mecca. It's yeah, black exactly. Mecca. It's it's a, it's the hub of black culture. Yeah. Right? Like having you and AC Mac being like the the two like history makers in the last mm-hmm. couple of years for LGBTQ male performers in in the pro wrestling world. Mm-hmm. How what does that mean to you to like hear that and to see all of those connections kind of converge onto the city of Atlanta. It means that because me and Mac come it's me and Mac ourselves come from like kind of different walks of life as far as just he's born he's born and raised in Swats of Atlanta, Georgia. I was <laughs> born and raised in like middle class America, but like lower middle class America. But like again, we both had our own set of struggles um with everybody else in school. Uh, but when you were saying that, when you were when you were building up to uh, ask me like how it makes me feel, like it means that any literally anything is possible. Anything is possible. Um, I then I guess the nuance in that is like as long as you have like a, like if you have like a support system or like a safe space, like like the like the WWE four. Um, anything is possible. Like you don't have to just be a ball player. You don't just have to be uh, an actor or whatever. You can be a professional wrestler. You can be out in the world and still be successful and still have people bet on you still have people invest in you. Um, That's awesome. That is fucking dope. (laughs) I, I would a hundred percent agree with that. It is fucking dope. (laughs) Um, obviously, like sticking on Atlanta, though, like I feel like action wrestling and like TWE and that whole like that whole I kind of lumped the two together at times because of like their connection with the scenic city invitational and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Like that region, you know, has gotten so much more attention over the last three years, Um, you know, because whether it be because of like AC Max, like action title reign or. The, the world championship winner, the Southeast first stuff, bringing uncharted territory down to Chattanooga, mm-hmm. the emergence of the, of the SCI as like this pre, pre like predominant tournament in the independent wrestling world, which by the way, 2021 finalist of the SCI tournament here, Alex Kane. Yep. Um, like what does it mean to you to see like that independent scene in Atlanta flourish again because you know whenever I whenever I lived in Atlanta like really the only company that was running the only two companies that were running even like somewhat regularly were like Platinum Championship Wrestling and AWE mm-hmm. and like it just felt like for a city that is like so synonymous historically with pro wrestling the independent scene there was just always kind of stop and start or just like sputtering at times even though like they were great performers don't get me wrong. Like I, I still like watch not just SISM matches all the time, mm-hmm. uh, wherever I can, but like, you know, 
it seems like the Atlanta independent scene and the greater like Southeast independent scene is much more stable and, and flourishing at this point now. And, and with you being a part of that to some degree, like what does it mean to you to see that area receiving the attention and the prominence that it does now? Um, it's awesome because like, I remember maybe like a, like a year or two ago, like talking to Mac, and they were basically saying, like, in order for him to, like, be something in his business, he would have to go up north. Um, you And that's kind of, like, it's kind of the, the feeling that a lot of us had because, like, that, I mean, that's where wrestling was popping off. Like, that's where people were being grabbed from. That's where people were being invested in that was, up, was in the northeast. Um, so for the southeast to come to prominence now um, and... I think I think we're dominating the scene right now. Like everybody's doing their own thing, and it's cool, great, and awesome. But just like as far as just like people that are really popping off, it's really out of the southeast. Um, and this is where people are coming to to kind of like make names for themselves. Um, so to have so I don't know to kind of be at, like kind of be at the middle of it on the hot button of it all, like. Let's fucking go. Let's <laughs> fucking go. To that end, how how cool was it to see the fan response at SEI this year whenever you made that surprise man, return that as was, the corner man was, for look, sure? Man, I was trying to pitch so many different things just for <laughs> me to be out there with the belt. I yeah. was trying to do some NXT takeover type shit where I'm in the front of the, we're in the front row and they pan <laughs> over and they're like Alex Kane's here. Um, you know, I was just trying to like, you know, just let me have an entrance like the like they did with the sculpt or whatever. They weren't going for that. Yeah. Um, and then I the idea popped me like, let me come out there with Shug or whatever. I was like the amount of love and and just like adoration that I've had since I've won this belt. I mean, I've always people have always loved me in, in wrestling, but like the amount that I've ha gotten since becoming world champion has been a little overwhelming. Um, even when I walked out there with Suge, because me and Suge, in between TWE and Action Wrestling, we are the bad guys. Oh, We're yeah. The good headers are some, y'all are some shitheads at times. We are some shitheads at times. <laughs> so to come out there, because I'm, I'm like, man, they had the booty fuck, they had the booty shit out of me. Nope. <laughs> I came out. They fucking, the roof blew off that mug. The roof blew off that mug or whatever. And they were trying to start chanting, boom, my hand. I'm like, we're not here for me. We're here for Shug. Don't acknowledge. I acknowledge a little bit, but it, it was, <laughs> that, that was dope. That was yeah. dope. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see what action is going to feel like. Mm, God, yeah. That, that building is going to be yeah, wild. This, I was, people always ask, do you have the belt with you? The belt, this belt is going everywhere with me. Everywhere. <laughs> it may not go, may, the only place it might not go is maybe the grocery store. But that's probably about it. Yeah. That's, that, honestly, that's probably a good call. You know, there's not, there's yeah. not really a good place to put it. Nope. I guess maybe like where, where people put their kids or something. Mm -hmm. That could be your kid. It is. Come on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I'm gonna I'm I'm wear this thing with pride. I'm gonna wear it as many places as I can. Try to get this MLW logo in front of as many faces as I possibly 
That's that's the point, right? There we go. There it goes. Yeah, man, that's the point, man. Um, hopefully, I get to do some title defenses outside of MLW. That'd be dope too. Mm, that would. That would. Um, sticking with with the Southeast, let's talk about O'Shea Edwards. You brought him up earlier. Um, obviously now, you know, drafted to MLW, drafted to Beaumont Fight Club. Your your partner there. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, y'all have a history, like dating back for a while. Like you know, obviously. The match in action, um, mm-hmm. where he like kind of betrothed the the beads onto you, the kaiju standard onto you, yeah, and like that really from an outside perspective, that looked like a very like sentimental moment in a way, which is it can be very funny to talk about these things like as like sentimental right after like y'all are like chunking each other around a ring for like fourteen yeah. minutes beforehand, which. That's mm-hmm. another reason why I love pro wrestling. It's just the gamut of emotions. But um, like, how important has that relationship with O'Shea been to you over over this time span? And, and how how cool is it to see that now he's coming into MLW and getting an opportunity to work alongside you? Man, I can't kind of think about. Like before that match in action, like we had we had talked in like passing sometimes, um, but like never really anything like really really like um, concrete or whatever. Nothing like super tangible. Um, and Matt had asked me for a list of people that I wanted to wrestle. O'Shea Edwards is on that list, um, and I my thoughts going into that was like. As far as big men go, and from the south, I mean, even though he was living in Baltimore, he still lived, lives in Baltimore at the time. But like in the south, like there really wasn't like anybody else, um, as far as big men go, that like were like doing the damn thing. Um, like he took a he took a bet on himself. Uh, and went to the ROH Dojo. Like nobody else was really doing anything like that. Um, and like I got to talk to him a little bit um, at the future showcase, um, and funny enough, he was the one that um, inspired the entire look of like most of my singles. Um, really, kind of the way that they're cut, and like getting boots, and like, and just like the way that I tape my wrists and stuff like that. Like, like image wise, I had I have to credit a lot of like my image to him. Um, Because before that, I was wearing like the wrestlers, like the shoot wrestling singlets and the wrestling shoes. And he was like, we got to do something different because you got to look, you got to look professional. So like, even like, even just from like then, because I, like, I didn't know him super well then, but like, he was always like super open to me. Um, And then like, uh, leading up to, so yeah, back to the list. So I, so Matt asked for a list. Elshay Edwards is on that list because like I wanted to be where he was. Like I wanted to be uh, revered by. I want to be be revered by people like he is. Um, and I knew that like if I could have that match, like there, like by whether whether no matter how how it ended, like I knew that um, I was gonna learn learn something about myself. Whether I was gonna learn either I'm going to 
be good at this and really rock with some shit or if I'm going to just like be stuck in Georgia for the rest of the time being. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like a coming of age, a coming of performer uh, match for me. Um, like the whole beads thing, I had no idea that was going to happen. That just happened. That was spur of the moment. Um, and so, and like since then, like I've gotten a chance to get to know O'Shea Edwards outside of the ring. Um, and that's been a joy. He's just a genuinely lovely human being. Um, and like I said before, we're essentially the same person in so mm-hmm. many ways. It's pretty mm-hmm. insane. Um, so to now, like I've been, I have been on management behind. I'm like, this dude is the total package. He can talk. He can wrestle. He looks cool. Like, <laughs> what more can you ask for? The man checks all the boxes. Just look like, at that mask that he comes out in, right? The, the, the mask that he like every everything just hits. Yeah. Um. And I was like. I want him in the Bumai Fight Club. That is where I want him. That is where I want him because we have such great chemistry. Everybody that's in the Bumai Fight Club right now, we all got great chemistry. We all we can all like, like just imagine the promos. Just imagine the promos. Just the promos <laughs> themselves. Just imagine that. We're gonna have so much fun. Um. So to be able to work beside, like. To be able to work beside him now, like on this platform, it's gonna be insane. Like we're again, we're gonna have a lot of fucking fun. But it's just, it's it's from where like from where like we kind of like became boys to now has been a re- just a really really cool thing to watch. Um, it helped before the match, like before I even got in the ring for that match or whatever. Like he gave me probably the greatest pep talk in the fucking world. The he after that he had me ready to run through a damn wall. Like I wasn't focused on nothing else. I was just like, we we gonna do this shit because the motherfucker said that we couldn't do this. So we about to do this. <laughs> oh, I I love hearing that. Honestly, you know I've had O'Shea on the show before, and like it everything you said checks. All the boxes are checked there. Like just an amazing person an amazing story and it you know obviously like my focus is on like the lgbtq side of pro wrestling right so mm-hmm. seeing o'shea come into the company alongside you like it, it's amazing to see that like bomey fi club a group that has enjoyed such like fan reverence over the years now is like kind of uh like the comp- held company by you and o'shea edwards Two black bisexual as as a, I think I heard in a previous interview you described like somebody describing you as like power technician like mm-hmm. the two of you like very similar styles in that way like it's just it's just so empowering yeah to look at it in that way and to see like like all the similarities that you have but just like what that comes across on like a television production and obviously like you know the character Alex Kane, the character O'Shea Edwards, like, you know, it's not, re- re- they're not like reduced to just like these identifiers, right? These cultural yeah. identifiers. Mm-hmm. But 
knowing the people behind them and knowing what communities like you belong to, like that sends a very, very powerful message to people. Most definitely. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just, it, it makes me very, very happy to see that a company like MLW is like kind of getting behind that, even if it's not just because of, you know, these Mm -hmm. identifiers. Man, it's, I want, I want little black kids to watch the product and think I could be that one day. I want, uh, I want LGBTQ kids to watch the product and be like, I can be that one day. Like, um, that's, that's what it's, it's, it's about inspiring that next generation. It's about inspiring people within this generation, um, to, like feel like they they have a chance to be great and it's not just for the cishet people yeah like like we out here uh, <laughs> we we out we, we doing a damn thing exactly that's the message that's the message and it's coming through loud and clear i feel like <laughs> well i i we're winding, we are kind of winding down here a little bit. There's so much more that, that I would be interested to talk to you about from like doing like the no hook shows a few years back with J Rose and like, man, um, that was so dope. That shit was so cool to me. Yeah. It was so cool to me. All right. Well, let's talk about it for a minute then. Why? Oh, man, why? Because so, <laughs> like, it was the first moment. It was the first time. Like, I think, no, those matches weren't UWFI, but like, it was the first like time, like I was getting to like wrestle, like, like truly like different people and different styles and really getting to like tell like different stories with people, um, even though everybody was getting suplexed, but it was just like, <laughs> just the, the whole concept of the show was dope as hell. Um, it felt like some like back alley stuff, um, just like the spotlight of the ring and the different stories that were happening on the show itself. Um, that, that shit was just cool. I, I, I wish we could do more of it. Um, J Rose is so creative and so just amazing, uh, um, and like he was, he was like, like it was him, Hoodfoot, and Chase. They were like, because like at that time I wasn't like super, super sure of myself, um, but they would always hype me up, and it was always really, really cool. Like Hoodfoot would always be like, every after after every match, and I have like, could you could you stop being so good? Could you stop? Could you could you stop? Could you leave some of it for the rest of us? For the rest of us, um, and that was just always we that that whole time was just a really really good time because them tapings was long as hell. I've heard a lot about anything paradigm related and the taping links and everything like that. So, it's yeah, I don't care what they say. This shit is unnecessary. <laughs> I know personally, I was very partial to your match with, uh, I guess now Big Beef, but Gnarls Garvin, at mm-hmm. the time during during that. Personally, just because like I like a good Haas fight. Dog, um, the, the power bomb he gave me, dog. My, I was, I remember that shit to this day. I was rocked, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm watching back. I'm like, how the hell did I continue to do everything that everything else that needed to happen? Boy, I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> And now I now I never want to take power bombs. Um, never want to take power bombs ever again. I can understand that. <laughs> but, uh, but, I mean, uh, if you go, yeah. if you gonna hype me up there and do it, do it. But uh, I'm never gonna be like, yeah, let's power bomb. 
please. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I kind of like to end on like on like fun ones. So I have to ask. Um, one, I heard a story that your nickname, the Suplex Assassin, came out of WWE 2K Creator Wrestler. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Like they didn't they didn't have like suplex assassin. They had the they had assassin in there, but they never yeah. had like suplex in there. Um but yeah, man, I was uh I was trying to figure like what I was told I didn't have a character. I guess being Alex Kane just wasn't enough at the time or whatever. So I needed to have a character. Um and I was trying to figure out like what would the what what would a character be? The game changer? Like I was trying to think of something cool. Uh, and I was put creating this character, and I saw Assassin, and I was like, and but this guy was gonna be suplex heavy, um, but I was like suplex assassin. And I did all my Googles or whatever to see if anybody else was a suplex assassin. Nobody else was, thank God. Um, and I was just like, this is gonna be my nickname. I'm gonna run with this. We're about to have fun. Um, mm. And yeah, that the rest is history. That's just so interesting, like where the the sparks of inspiration come from, and like just some of the random places. Yeah, it's... I came up with Alex Kane after playing uh, uh, NBA Two K or whatever. I heard I put the name together, and I heard it over the little intercom where you score, and I was like, "That sounds dope too." We're running with this. <laughs> so, video games helped a lot uh, craft this uh, this persona. I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> and uh, I think the last question for you, um. And do like uh do forgive me if I if I don't get this verbatim right, but I loved watching your matches from like that like 2019 to like 20 I, I 2022 era where like at the beginning of every single match you are saying like I'm clocked in and you're about to get all of this work. Like it's just like it's like it's like the same as like like Bomaye in a way. It's like it's a mantra. Like and you have people chanting all this work back at you at places yeah. and stuff like that. Where did that where did that phrase come from? And like where where did that idea come from? Um well like telling somebody you about to get this work is is uh kind of universal in the black community. Like if you're about we're about to play a game or something or whatever, like I'm about to beat your ass. Yeah. Um, so there was that, and then also I was working at Home Depot at the time or whatever. And for some reason, I was just like really, really in to being a Home Depot employee. Um, so like, like I would be, I would clock in, and I'd be like, "Let's fucking go!" Like I'm excited to be on the floor. Um, and uh, like I was like, "Well, you know, wrestling's work. This is work. I, I got to clock into this." Um, so I just, uh, I just started saying it. Um, like you can get this work or whatever, just trying different ways to say it. Um, and then man, I can't remember what it was that changed it to like to for me to start saying it like the way for me to start saying it the way that I said it when I said it. Um, no, you know it was uh, I did it the first time and uh, Smiley was there and like it popped her. So then, like every single time we were at a show together, at time she'd always she'd like do the thing, do the thing. So I do it, <laughs> whatever. Um, and like it started to really catch on. Like I remember I was wrestling uh, Matt Mikowski at uh, the Midnight Marauder show that 
uh, Paradigm had, I think it was before I debuted for MLW, it was that, it was that same weekend. Um, and I said, oh, this work, and I heard all this work from people, I was like, oh, this is so dope. Um, only thing that kind of sucks is Court didn't really, Court really didn't like it. Um, mm. I was going to use it in MLW, Court really wasn't digging it. Um, and then like, there were like fans like here and there, like I would, I, I mean, I kept trying to say it, kept trying to get it over, but People just weren't going for it, but uh, I haven't said it. I haven't said it at the beginning of match in a minute. Um, but uh, I might bring. I'm probably gonna bring it back. It it is fun to say. It does put me in a, a certain mind, a certain mind state. It does feel like a switch flips once yeah. once you say it, especially with the intensity that that you mm-hmm. say it. Like, <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, Balmaye is is like the new form of that now in a way. Like sometimes. If I have time, like in the in introduction, I'll put them both together. Yeah. So I'll be like, I'm clocked in. You about to get all this work. And that's on Boomaye, Boomaye, Boomaye. Um, so. <laughs> I love it, honestly. Like, it's it's one of those. You talk about, like, O'Shea Edwards making you want to run through a brick wall. Like, there are, like, things in pro wrestling that whenever I'm watching make me get, like, that that hyped, that up. Mm-hmm. And, like, that is definitely one of them. It's like, all right, let's fucking go. Like so, and I'm glad that 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 feeling is continuing now with the Bomaye. Because anytime, like I hear you just like screaming it louder and louder and louder, even like walking off camera, like it's just like mm-hmm. it's, it's the same feeling. Like in doing research for like talking to you, like mm-hmm. watching clips of MLW, it's just like I understand. Like I already understood why people are, are have gotten behind you to the point that you mm-hmm. have the championship that you have now. But when watching it you you feel it even stronger yeah in a way right mm-hmm. like this is i don't know this is really awesome to see the the level of success that you've achieved so far and and what you're doing for like you know underrepresented communities in in pro wrestling and you know carrying on the the legacy of what we're seeing coming out of Atlanta and the southeast it's it's really cool to see um yeah <laughs> Well, Alex, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. Thank um, you for uh, th- thank you for thinking that I thank you for thinking that I'm important, and yeah. also thank you for having me on your show. Of course, of course, of course. At least I know this time around, I don't have to DM to DM, DM you to ask if if I, if you want to be included in consideration for the the QWI you list every this year. Time. Everybody, yes, people, everybody need to see this. Yes, exactly. No. <laughs> oh, they will. Um, Alex, let everybody know where they can uh, find you online. Follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Kane 11. I'm funny. I post wrestling stuff and I call people hoes and everybody is just with it. Um, and then I scream Boomaye several times and everybody just gets with it. Um, Instagram, the suplex assassin. Again, I'm funny. Um, and I'm also a really, really good wrestler. Um, so you should like you know, get on there and like, like some pictures, you know, like some reels and stuff. Um, follow me on TikTok at TikTok again at Alex underscore Kane 11. Again, I'm funny <laughs> and I talk about wrestling things. Um, no bad takes around here. No yes. bad takes. Um, uh, merchandise on MOWshop.com. I got, I got a, I got an and new uh, world championship shirt on there because, you know, I'm the world champion of yes. MLW. 
so go buy that, brainbustertees.com. Again, type in the suplex sauce and you'll find some more shirts of mine. Um, for you wear. Um, that's another site with some more with some more shirts on there. Go buy my merchandise. Go buy it. Go, go, go buy it on those websites. Um, uh, you could, if you're a promoter, you can find me on Facebook. We can be friends because I know that'll lead to some money. Um, if you're not a promoter and you want to be my friend um, on Facebook, that's fine. Um, just don't post anything weird. Hmm. Anything weird. Oh, that's a universal rule. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, just don't post anything weird. Don't post anything weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just uh. Oh, and um, my matches are also on YouTube and IWTV and Fight TV. So go stream those matches too. And yes, for sure. You got a, you had a title defense coming up against Willie Mack on the on September third, right? Title defense coming up with old Willie Mack, and I'm gonna beat that hoe's ass too. <laughs> Respectfully. Respectfully, yes. <laughs> oh God, Alex, this has been so much. Fucking fun. I love the celibacy. I love the personality. Like, just like, it's just great. This has been a blast. Thank you so much again. MOW was needed this kind of salmanship and this kind of personality and charisma that a hammer hoe just didn't bring to the tape. You look cool with that. Ah, I think it's only fitting that that uh, we end with Bomaye. Bomaye! Only like I can. Exactly. I wasn't going to try. <laughs> <laughs>my thanks once again to alex for for taking the time to come on the show and talk all about that amazing moment winning the mlw world heavyweight championship and everything he's accomplished in his uh five years so far in pro wrestling it's amazing to think he's only been in the ring for five years at this point it's just it's been a, a very quick rise you know it's it's kind of similar to some of the trajectory that we saw with ac mac which of course you know his compatriot there on the list of out LGBTQ male world champions in the history of pro wrestling dating back to last year. So um, just amazing stuff. Definitely follow him, grab the merch. The Bomaye fight club merch is just awesome. Like I know I need to get myself one of the, one of those hats that I, every time I see it, I'm just like, why don't I have that already yet? So support and follow Alex Kane support and follow us. Uh, of course you can support over at patreoncom slash LGBT ring pod. Uh, and join the roster of lovelies, get the bonus shows, get the shout outs like I'm about to do right now to our lovely roster of lovelies. <laughs> uh, Jerry Legend, Alexi, Val Capone, amazing people who have been supportive from the start of the Patreon. And, and we love to have them there. Join the roster over there at the $3 tier. Get the bonus shows, the Oops All Fund ones, the uh, required reading uh, episodes. Or the second episode going up later this month uh, over there at the $5 tier and all that good stuff. Also, you know, you can check us out on Brainbuster Tees if you want to get some merch as well. Like it's, it's available out there. Check it out. Search LGBT in the ring over on Brainbuster Tees. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's going to do it for us here this week. We've had a busy week between AC Mack's retirement and the Rick Steiner situation and Sonya Deville winning her first championship and so like so many other things there's been like a new like shows and promotions announced and all this all kinds of amazing stuff sandra moon is going to japan like it's it's been a wild week so maybe let's just all take a second for ourselves and chill out as i sit here 
in a very not chill room because of this stupid Portland summer. <laughs> um, but uh, let's all take a moment to chill out and rest at least for a minute until we come back next week here on the show with another outstanding interview. I don't know if we're going to go four for four with WWA four graduates on the show just yet. I'm going to keep that close to the chest. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Regardless, it's been outstanding. Thank you so much for listening. And until next week, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated and boosted if at all possible. Same goes for monkey bucks. I'm just going to keep saying it because even though there's not necessarily a, a epidemic declared anymore, it's just good advice to have about that sort of thing. So do it. Be safe. Take care of yourselves. Um, and thank you, AC Mac. And Bomaye is for the people. Bye. Everybody's ready to die. Everybody's ready to die. They didn't see it coming from the top of the bridge. She made a deal with the demon so a lover could live. With the moon in.